0: Well, let's, let's pray together as we come to the word of God this morning. All right. Uh, Heavenly Father, thank you for your holy word. And thank you for sending Jesus Christ, your son, our Lord, our savior, to be your final word to this world your word that saves. Your word that gives life. Your word that gives hope. This morning, I want to confess that I, I'm dependent on you. I'm totally dependent on your Holy Spirit. And so, Lord, will you come and will you feed and nourish your people with your word of life? And will you give us grace to receive? And will you give us grace? to live according to your holy word for the glory of jesus amen hey that worked nice and quiet nice and peaceful i'm so glad you're here Um, this is december 18th we are a week away from christmas We're into the last week of Advent. Yeah, we see some cheering. Some of you like Christmas. (laughs) And some of you are waiting for this last week, for for Christmas to arrive. How many of you count down the days? Anyone here count down the days to Christmas? Yeah, that used to be a thing. Do you do the Advent calendar? Uh, We we did that up until, I think, last year or two years ago. Um, But we wait. It's like, yeah, I can't wait till Christmas. You know, 340 days till Christmas, or, or whatever it might be as you count down, because we're waiting for that day. And, and we want to gather with our family and our friends. We want to celebrate. We want to, to enjoy the food. We want to open the presents, right? It's, it's a big day, but of course, uh, more than anything, this is, it's a day to celebrate the gift of Jesus Christ, Is there something I can do about this? Uh, The gift of Jesus Christ, God's gift to us. Um, And so, even though Christ has come, as we're in this last week of Advent, this is a season for us to think about the coming of the Savior. And I want to invite you to just think and just imagine what it would have been like To be waiting for the coming of the Messiah. We do a lot of waiting, don't we? So I did some research on this. Uh, The average American spends 38 hours a year waiting in traffic. 38 hours a year. Uh, 50 hours if you're in a large city. That's why I do not live in Toronto. And hope I, well, I better not say that. (laughs) Before you know it, yeah. I'm in that concrete jungle. Um, Average American spends 13 hours a week, 13 hours a year, sorry, 13 hours a year on hold waiting for customer service. Yeah. Should Should I just use this? Alright, I'll turn this off so that you don't have to hear the sermon twice. <laughs> so, 13 hours a year on whole customer service. You know what, one of my pet peeves is those, those telephone menus, right? <laughs> Welcome to Bell TS or whatever it might be, you know, we're so glad you called and on and on. Please listen carefully to the following. Minute. I'm like, just tell me what button to push, please. Like you're wasting my time. You really are. I wonder how many hours a year I spend waiting for those menus to play through until I get to know them. Um, one study in UK uh, say that uh, on the ab- the average office worker spends 45 minutes out of the hour checking social media. Can you believe that? 45 minutes out of the hour. Of course, none of you do that, right? It's the Brits over there. They do that, but not us. Well, after spending half an hour, after spending an hour waiting on the phone until I get to talk to a real person, just remember that this customer service agent just spent the last 45 of the last 60 minutes checking her Facebook (laughs) while you wait. Just remember that. (laughs) And then forgive her, (laughs) Alright, Just get what you need and move on because that's the way the system works. Well, we do spend a lot of time waiting, don't we? We wait for our coffee to brew All right, French press. Three minutes. Coarse ground. All right, just below boiling point. Just so you know. um, Wait for our coffee to brew. We're waiting for our dinner to cook. We're we're waiting, uh, you know, for someone to answer our email. Right, we we wait all the time for all these things. How many of you are waiting to turn 16 so you can drive? Right. Yeah. <laughs> right? Or or you're waiting to graduate from high school? Right? You're waiting we, we wait, we wait, we wait to get married, we wait to have children, we wait to retire. And you know, waiting waiting can build patience when we wait rightly. Waiting can build frustration and anger, ready to blow up when we wait wrongly. But we all do this, and this is part of life. Well, as we, as we talk about this, uh, actually, I want you to make your way to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. We have a people waiting for the Messiah. A whole nation of the Jews waiting and waiting through the ages for the Messiah to show up. And what we have here in Luke chapter yeah, hope for the waiters. And and we are all waiting, aren't we? Let's Let's read this text in Luke chapter 2, starting at verse 22. This is when Jesus was presented at the temple by Mary and Joseph. And when the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who first... Opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. Wait, am I in control here? Great, I've got the power. Mm. All right, verse 23 Every male who first opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. Yeah, that 's quite the promise, and he came in the spirit into the temple, and when the t- parents had brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the Lord, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace, according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation, that you have prepared in the presence of all the peoples. I like for the revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people, Israel. And his father and his mother marveled at what was said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel, and for a sign is opposed, and a sword will pierce through your own soul also, so that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. Now there was a prophetess, Anna, a daughter And when they had performed everything according to the law of the Lord, they returned into Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. And I know that was a long passage. Thank you for waiting. This is good. It's the word of the Lord. Now this event would have happened uh, 40 days after the birth of Jesus. Now, uh, this was written in the law, Leviticus 12, I believe, Uh, male child, unclean for seven days, circumcised on the eighth day, 33 more days, and you present the child at the temple, uh, these, these days of purification, and then you present, and you present an offering with it, with the child, and so here we are, Mary and Joseph bringing Jesus to the temple. And they, as they did, they were confronted by Simeon, who brings a prophetic word, and then they were confronted by Anna, the prophetess, who also brings a prophetic word. Now, as we look at verse 25 here, actually, uh, can we, Elmer, please advance to the next slide. Thank you. Uh, as we look at the next slide, we see that Simeon was waiting for the consolation of Israel. And later on, at the end of the passage, it, uh, it says that Anna began to speak of him to all who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. Jesus came to a people who were waiting, and they had been waiting for a long, long time. And... This season, I, I want us to be thinking about what it would have been like to be an Israelite, to be a Jew in those days, waiting for the Messiah, waiting and waiting. It had been a long, long time coming. Just to give a bit of historical background, you know, the people, the, the people of God had been waiting for their entire history. Abraham called at age 75, Can you imagine being 75 and childless? Waiting till 75 when he was called by God and promised a child and then waiting another 25 years after that to actually see that promise fulfilled. Can you imagine waiting that long? 25 years is a long time. But he waited. And even then, it was one child, one small plot of land. (laughs) He had to die before seeing the promise. Isaac, Isaac, all right, Abraham's servant was sent far, far away to fetch a wife for him from his relatives. Um, I don't know how many of you would like at least some say in who you get to marry. But he had to wait and wait. Uh, Isaac, Jacob, Jacob served seven years. To get his wife, Rachel, so he thought. Until Laban did the switcheroo and then he gets, he, he gets uh, Leah instead. And he worked another seven years and then another six for the, for the livestock. Jacob had to wait 20 years before he gets to go home with his family and his stuff. That's a long time. Joseph, do you know how long Joseph had to wait? Right, he grew up with these dreams of greatness. And nothing happened. Well, something happened. He got sold into slavery. And then he got thrown into prison. And then, when he thought he would get out, this, this chief uh, cupbearer was going to be his, his way out. But the guy forgot him. And he had to wait years and years and years in prison before finally he was released and he was vindicated. There's a lot of waiting. A lot of waiting. The Israelites waited in Egypt for 400 years as slaves before God brought them out. There's been waiting all through the history of Israel. The psalmist cried out, How long, Lord? How long? Will you forget us forever? Forever? This, you know, as you read through the Old Testament, this, this, this is the theme. God, why isn't it working? And when is it going to happen? We're waiting a long time. The prophet's waiting for the day of the Lord. God, when are you going to show up and finally do what's right? Because none of this is the way it was supposed to be. We have such a broken, messed up world where the righteous are oppressed, where the wicked prosper. Sounds familiar? Lord, how long? Can you imagine being God's holy people, His nation, and living for centuries under the rule of one empire after another after another? The Assyrians and then the Babylonians, and then the Persians, and then the Greeks, and then the Romans, and still, <laughs> we're not free. Or well, they had a hundred years worth of freedom during that time, and they had to wait. And, and And so, towards the end of the Old Testament, they were longing for the Messiah to come. When, Lord, how long? Until he comes and save us from the Romans. So, Simeon was waiting for the consolation of Israel. Anna was waiting for the redemption of Israel. The whole people, all the Jews were waiting. When To wait is, in a limited sense, uh, to be discontent with where you are. I don't like this time and this place where I live and I'd much rather be there. Can you identify with that? Is there something in your life, in your world, that you'd like to change, that you wish were different? Are you waiting? Are you waiting for something to happen? And... You might not live under persecution, under the threat of your houses being burnt down, your your churches being burnt down, your kids being abducted, your possessions being being imprisoned. You, you don't you don't live with the fear of being martyred, but you have problems that matter to you, that are real to you. We live there, and we. Wait. Do you know that I, I didn't get married until I was 34, and some of you are going, yeah, that's nothing, Elmer. <laughs> but but in my time, hey, my my friends, my friends were getting married at 28, and 28 came and gone. 30, what? I'm into the 30s now and there's no one in (laughs) sight. 30, you can still kind of fool yourself into thinking, oh yeah, I'm barely into the 30s, right? When 31 hits, I'm going, oh no, like what's going on here? Well, I I didn't meet Carlana until I was 32. And I married her at 34. Uh, I, I think I was maybe just past my 33rd birthday when i asked her to marry me and i asked her to marry me the night before i was supposed to go off to estonia for a three-month mission and that summer she was going off to the Nunavut for a 10-week uh, stint and we were going to be apart for three months i i managed to swing you know to, to adjust the dates we had 10 days together And then I was gone. And there I was on the other side of the world, eight time zones away. Lonely as heck. I mean, really. (laughs) Uh, I, I had some friends there, but really no one close. So far away. I hated being there. I want to be over there on the other side of the pond. We're waiting and waiting. To wait is... To dislike where you're at. Well, God's people were waiting for his kingdom to come. God, come and settle things. This isn't right. Come and make it right. This was the cry of their hearts. They were in dark times. And it was into this time that Jesus was born. It was into this time. Jesus, this child was the hope of salvation, the consolation of Israel. Now, in order to understand this, in order to understand this passage, it really helps for us to go to Isaiah 40. And, sorry, there we go. And, oh, that wasn't supposed to go that way. Oh, well. Isaiah 40. Uh, when we... Look at Isaiah 40. We see the promise of comfort. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that her warfare is ended and her iniquities are pardoned. She is received from the Lord's hand, double for all her sins. Uh, Most scholars believe that Uh, This section of Isaiah was written during the time of exile. So Jerusalem's walls were broken down. The temple was destroyed. The nation was a disaster. They took uh, all the nobles and the royals and, and anybody of importance and deported them to Babylon, and there they were, strangers in a foreign land, captives in a foreign land. And God says comfort them comfort my people. This is the same word, the consolation. They were waiting to be comforted and God promises comfort. And he, he goes on, a voice Christ, verse 3, a voice Christ in the wilderness prepare the way of the Lord. This is, this is the, the verse that is quoted in all four gospels saying a new exodus is coming. Remember Egypt. They were saying, remember Egypt, how how Yahweh showed up and brought you out of slavery and brought you through the wilderness and into the promised land and to the exiles in Babylon. God was saying, I'll do it again. I'm going to do it again. I'm bringing you out and I'm bringing you home. And now, after Babylon, after Persia, after Greece, after Rome, they were still there in their land, but not free and they're waiting and but god said i'm bringing you out no not out of the roman empire out of sin out of the kingdom of darkness i'm bringing you out this is the consolation of israel and and look at what he says in verse 15 sorry um lost my place here. Look what he says in, in verse 15 Behold the nations are like a drop from a bucket Do you know that's where it came from? The, saying, the nations are like a drop from a bucket And are counted as dust on the scales Think of Egypt, think of Babylon Think of Assyria All, all the great empires of the earth They're nothing They're nothing Compared to God. They're a drop in a bucket. Do you know that Russia. Is nothing compared to God. That Iran is just a drop in a bucket. That China is just a drop in a bucket. Compared to the creator. And the Lord of the universe. And, And whatever it is. That is. Whatever it is that is ailing you. Whatever it is that you're facing, God says, it's nothing compared to me. Do you know that you are serving the creator of the universe, the one who spoke this world into being? All the nations. Yeah, you know, I I worry about politics. I worry about culture. Sometimes I, I, I fear where our world is going. But so did they. And look what God did. Look what God did again and again. And so he says, Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel? Verse 27 My way is hidden from the Lord, my right is disregarded by my God. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary, his understanding is unsearchable, he gives power to the faint. To him who has no might, he increases strength. Even youth grow faint and be weary. Young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not be weary. They will walk and not faint. To wait for the Lord. Now, to wait on the Lord is not a passive sitting around and doing nothing. To wait is to put your hope in Him, is to put your trust in Him. uh, I I love the way Eugene Peterson puts it in in the message uh, that your troubles bring you passionate patience. Passionate patience. Don't you love that phrase? That your troubles are working in you. A passionate patience in us, and how that patience in turn forges a tempered steel of virtue. So, how do we wait? Yeah, I know that was a long introduction. How do we wait? Thanks for waiting. Mary and Joseph, all right. Mary and Joseph were obedient to the law. You, if you if you look at, hmm. all right. Thank you. All right, just, just one glance at this. It should be obvious, right? And <laughs> the time for purification came according to the law of Moses. They brought him as it is written in the law of the Lord, according to what is written in the law of the Lord. Do you, do you start getting the picture here? Five times in this passage, it says that they did according to the law of the Lord. And in verse 39, when they had performed everything, everything, According to the law of the Lord, do you start getting a picture here? Mary and Joseph were obedient to the law of God, and they kept. Notice this: they kept the law, and this is good. Have you ever heard people speak against the law? Have you heard Christians speak against the law as if it was some disease? Nowhere in the Bible does it say the law is bad Or evil or wrong It's the law of God It's good Even Paul The champion of grace <laughs> Even Paul says I, I think three times in his letters That the law is good Right in 1st Timothy And then twice in Romans 7 The law is good The problem is, is your flesh <laughs> The problem is your sin You can't keep the law But the law of God is good So Look at, look at Simeon. Uh, Simeon, in verse 25, it says he is righteous and devout. Now, the word devout here means that he is careful in his religious duties. Oh, there's some more words that we don't like as evangelicals. right? How many of you have heard people speak against religion and against duty? All right. Where in the Bible does it ever say that religion is wrong? Yes, false religion is bad. Hypocritical religion, I I can understand that. But when people go around saying, Oh, I'm not religious, I'm just relational. The world around you goes, What? What are you talking about? Like, there's... it, It doesn't register because... You're religious. You're a Christian. And even James says this is true religion, right? To 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 uh, care for the widows and orphans in their distress, uh, keep oneself from being polluted. Uh, nowhere in the Bible does it say religion is bad and wrong. And I've seen in my day some pretty bad preaching, some pretty, <laughs> really, some preachers present company accept, accepted. All right. Uh, I love our preachers here at Calvary. Uh, don't don't you don't you love Pastor Rob's preaching? Yeah. All right. Yeah. yeah we are we are so blessed. Yeah, Rob. <laughs> We're so blessed <laughs> to have you as our lead pastor. Uh, but. I've heard, I've heard some really dorky theology come out of people's mouths. Just because they're trying to say something unexpected. They're trying to say something profound. And they come up with some really wacky stuff. And yeah, I'm in that camp. I've done that. (laughs) And I'm so glad you weren't there to hear it. I have repented i have repented but yes i have said things that now make me cringe even back then made me cringe but let's rather than rather than repeating cliches that are not even true and not even biblical uh, why not think about your neighbor or your friend just think a little bit about your your non-christian friend how can i package truth christian truth in a way that will make sense to them how can i communicate this so that it hits i'm not well i am religious but my christian spirituality is a whole lot more than that you know what it's about the forgiveness forgiveness of sins it's about finding healing in this broken world It's about making meaning of life. It's about being loved by my creator and loving him back because I'm just so thankful. Like, Whatever it is, think about your audience and think, how can I make this make sense to them? And so let's put away those faulty cliches. But Simeon was righteous. Actually, I'm not there yet. Mary and Joseph... They obeyed, they obeyed the law of the Lord. As they were waiting for the promise, they were obedient to the law. And can I, can I just encourage us? Let's make it easy for God to catch us in our obedience. All right. Can can we do that? You know, when, when some prophet comes and speaks to me, I don't want to be caught sinning. Isn't that one of our worst fears? Like, okay, you're in sin and, and God sends some prophet to come your way. Like, this happened to David, right? Remember the David and Bathsheba incident and God sends Nathan? You don't want a Nathan darkening your doors when you're not ready, right? Wouldn't it be much better, isn't it much better to be caught when, when, when God's prophet comes to speak that, that you're being obedient to the Lord? Are you being obedient to His law and to His ways? Let's make it easy for Him to catch us in the act of being faithful. Uh, Jesus said, My food is to do the will of Him who sent me. What is your food? What are you hungry for? Are you hungry for obedience? Are you hungry to do the will of God? Now, let's look at Simeon. Simeon was righteous and devout. Sorry. Back. Simeon was righteous and devout. Simeon was habitually doing what was right. It was he was a God pleaser at the core of his being. And and notice What else does it say about Simeon? He is waiting, and then it says the Holy Spirit was upon him. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. Uh, Verse 26, and it was revealed to him by the Holy Spirit. Verse 27, and he came in the Spirit. Simeon was a man of the Spirit. Simeon pleased God because he was a man submitted to the Spirit. Obedient to the Spirit, what he was, God was revealing stuff to him. Don't, do you? How many of you like be hearing from God? Do you, do you? want Him to reveal His secrets to you? Do you want Him to reveal His truth to you? Do you want to hear from the Lord? I don't know. I I often look at other people and and you know, I think I wish I could hear from God like that. Well, look at Simeon. Don't don't you want to be a Simeon? What kind of posture, what kind of submission, what kind of devotion of the heart does it take to hear from God the way Simeon did? He came in the Spirit into the temple. The Holy Spirit was all over this guy. And he was spoken to by the Spirit. He was directed by the Spirit. What a beautiful example. Church, follow him. Follow Simeon. Be a man or a woman of the Spirit. Uh, for I, I need to move on here. Just give me a second. You know what? I can't address all the details, but. In verse 35, he tells Mary, and a sword will pierce through your own soul also. Mary had the great privilege of bearing the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of God. But just because you're righteous and just because you're privileged doesn't mean life will be easy. Mary had a really hard journey. She had to watch Jesus, her son, grow up. She, and she had to watch him do all, take on this crazy ministry. And at, at, at one time, she, she and his siblings were, were coming to fetch him because they thought he had gone crazy. He, he, the guy's mad. Uh, all these crowds around him. Mary had to watch her son die on the cross. Serving God doesn't mean it's going to be easy. Most of the time it's going to be hard. But, God was there. God was there. Now we come to Anna. Uh, Anna, it says, that she lived with her husband for seven years from when she was virgin, widow until she was 84. Uh, some, uh, some translations say she was a widow for, four, for 84 years. I don't know how it was, but it's a long, long time to be widowed. Most people don't go into marriage thinking you'll have seven years together and 60 years apart. We don't think that way. Anna had a really disappointing life. I think, I think I would have been mad. I think I would have been really mad at God. At least be tempted. What did Anna do with this? She worshipped the Lord day and night with fasting and prayer. This was her response. This was her response to disappointment. Day after day after day. Year after year after year. I can't imagine 60 years, 60 years of waiting she waited faithfully and instead of living year after year after year in disappointment she lived year after year waiting expecting for God to fulfill his promise loving God worshiping him fasting and praying seeking after him building godly habits of devotion As you wait, be, be devoted in your dailiness. ness Does, does life sometimes seem to, to drag on? It's like, oh, same thing day after day after day after day. Nothing's changing. This is taking forever. Yeah. Persevere in this. Trust God. Follow Anna. I know that some of you live in hard places. Many of you live in hard places. And when you think about Anna, you think, yeah, that's me. All of life is just so disappointing. And I've waited long enough. jesus the messiah has come and now he's here in your life in your circumstance in your future It's okay to not like where you are. It's okay to long for that day. Can I invite you, Church, to wait? Jesus is coming again as we wait the first advent we also wait for the second advent he is coming to put everything right he is coming to put an end to sin to death to evil to disease to suffering and we wait and we're commanded to wait and we can wait with hope And we can wait with patience and we can wait excited with passionate patience. Don't don't let this extinguish your passions. All right. We wait with passionate patience, longing for him. This is where we live. And it's a good place. But he's coming. And as we wait, be obedient, be righteous, be spirit-possessed, be devoted, follow Mary and Joseph, follow Anna, follow Simeon. Let's pray together. Our Heavenly Father, uh, we want to confess that we're in a dark place. And this world is not the way we, want, we would want it to be. But Lord, we thank you that in the darkness, a light has come. That Jesus, the Messiah, has come. God, we put our hope in you. We put our trust in you. We pray that we would not be distracted by the, the civilian pursuits and the, uh, and the easy comforts of this world. But Lord, we want to fix our eyes on you. Will you make us hungry for obedience? Will you make us hungry for your presence? We love you, Lord. I pray that you would give grace to each one here to live well for you as they wait. In Jesus' name, amen.